Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, longtime patron Commissar Whiskers comes at us with yet another prompt full of all sorts of apocalyptic visions. But like, maybe the apocalypse didn't happen. But before we get into that prompt, uh, Courtney, I believe you have a shout out from the Discord. Yes, I wanted to give a shout out to Ian from Under Common Taste, who brought up an awesome idea in our Discord about the Web of Thousand Threads episode 157 uh, with the space psychics and all of that. Uh, his his idea is the people who develop psychic abilities are people whose lives are created or preserved as a result of a paradox generated by affecting the past. For example, if a tachyonic phone call stops a psychic from killing someone, the now non-victim would generate psychic abilities because they weren't supposed to keep living. So unwittingly, the bureau that is trying to combat the psychics are inadvertently creating more psychics. And I, I just love that idea. I think it's really cool. Creates like a another interesting little facet of that setting. So thank you, Ian. That was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, definitely want to shout out Ian for that one as well. Um, friend of the show, by mm. the way. And if you want to involve yourself in cool conversations that came about from, you know, ideas like Ian's, or if you have your own cool idea that you'd like to float our way, you can always go to our Discord, join our Discord, come chat with us, and that's where we'll be. Uh, of course, if you want us to build your own world, if you have your own setting, you can go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. You can follow us on social media at Let's World Build. And uh, if you're feeling particularly generous, or if you just want access to our sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, or the patron-only Discord room that we have, go to our Patreon. Give us money. That'd be cool if you did, but you don't have to. It's fine. Anyway... Uh, that's enough of the shilling. Let's get back to the show because that's what we're all here for. Our prompt this week comes from Commissar Whiskers, longtime patron and many time setting suggester. This time their prompt sounds like this. The world should have ended. Well, maybe it did, but we rebuilt it. The apocalypse was coming or was in the middle of happening, but humanity managed to save the day. Either way, this is a second chance. But the old generation is lost, and the next generation will thrive. Is this a forced evolution, or some sort of immunity to whatever the problem was? Uh, that's the setting start. Now we've got the tenets. Number one, no monocultures, no federation or earth government. Number two, maybe some deniers who don't believe there ever was a near, in parentheses, apocalypse, that this is how it always was. And number three, less grimdark, more solar punk, but a little grimdark is okay. So with that all out of the way, let's get right into it. Now, Courtney, mm -hmm. I normally make Daniel start us off, so you're going to take care of it this time. What is your first tenet? How are we starting this off today? All right. Uh, Mine is that underwater environments play a key role in the setting, which I think we can kind of take in a lot of different directions based on what you guys have for tenets. I would certainly agree with that. I mean, 
we're we're under the sea. I mean, we could be like Kevin Costner from mm-hmm. uh, from Ocean. What is it? Sea World? No, Ocean World. Water World. Water World. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yep. We might be drinking our own piss. You know who knows? I I loved that movie as a kid. By the way, that is. I mean, I sure <laughs> go for it. You know, Water World. <laughs> Waterworld, yeah, yeah. You really? What made you love Waterworld? I'm just curious. Um, I mean, I'm also kind of curious, so I'm willing to I'm willing to float this for a little bit. Yeah, what do we got? Yeah, probably the fact that I was like ten when I saw it for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Mm -hmm. that uh, that played a role in me enjoying it. Um, No, I just I obviously have always been into like post apocalyptic settings and and stuff of that sort. So I don't know. It just it just clicked for me for whatever reason. So it was that in like Dragonheart back to back for you, like double feature all the time type. Oh thing. yeah, totally, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an aphid lounge reference that only our patrons are going to get. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I I do appreciate the fact that underwater environments have a crucial role to play here, and I like the fact that you didn't force us to have gills or anything like that. You know, like I I like the concept that it's open. That we could be, you know, on mm. pontoon boats or we could be at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe Daniel can tell us where we're going to be or how we've changed since the near apocalypse. Daniel, hit us with one of your tenets, why don't you? Um, my tenet is to establish that whatever this problem or event that happened that made this split between um, a new generation and an old one was objectively not an apocalypse. Oh, Okay. Mm. Okay. That's fun. So so the apocalypse or near apocalypse happened, but uh, the cause of this split was not because of the apocalypse or was not an apocalypse in and of itself, correct? No, the thing that happened was not an apocalypse. Oh, OK. OK. okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And objectively. So not a matter of perspective here. OK. All right. Sure. Interesting. Um, how 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 do we go with that in terms of like what we're working with here? Uh, what what did you envision with this tenant exactly, Daniel? I can imagine that the new generation, because they said that the new generation isn't really certain about what the old generation was like necessarily. There's some uncertainty in the prompt, mm. um, and it's possible that maybe they view what happened as apocalyptic, but it actually wasn't. Ah, okay, okay. I understand. Uh, so, like, the current generation thinks that there was an apocalypse, mm-hmm. but there just wasn't at all. Understood. Exactly. There was some okay. event. Maybe it was transformative or something, yeah. but I don't want it to be. In order to get us to not create another apocalypse episode, mm-hmm. there was an apocalypse. <laughs> so there you go. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so cool. you're you're more interested in this idea that the apocalypse was perhaps cultural or just perceived as an apocalypse, correct? Yeah, so that could be one way to to handle it, yeah. Great, okay. And I think that that might work out with one of my tenets uh, because I really wanted to go a little bit strange with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe strange isn't necessarily the best uh, way to phrase this. But So my tenet was the new generation has changed so much that they can't recognize their ancestors anymore, even though it only just happened. And when I say recognize, I mean, they might not be able to perceive that their ancestors are, in fact, ancestors mm-hmm. because the the change was in my mind, they see it as so dramatic or so radical. Uh, and I don't mean it, it could necessarily be a physiological thing like there is a, a mutation or, or they change physically. But 
their perception could have changed or altered to the point where they literally can't see the dimension on which humans existed at anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to toss that out there as like vagaries into vagaries. So I, I wanted to make a joke about like, oh, so we, they do have gills now. They're like fish people under the ocean. <laughs> but then you said the word radical, which got me thinking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Uh, so I okay. think think maybe that direction is where I want so you'd to rather go mutants rather than the perception of like different uh, physical plane or planes of existence and stuff like that okay i can i can respect that um daniel what do you think how, how do how are we approaching this i like that that's vague um i think mm-hmm. it's very flexible i mean i think i think it will be in terms of plot easier to do something physical right but mm-hmm. in terms of theme it might be more difficult because then we got to like make it mean something more interesting um and if we go the other route where it's like not physical then the plot part becomes more difficult right so it's the inverse problem but i think either can work and i am attracted to both i'm i'm also curious to see where the other tenets kind of take us and courtney i don't want to downplay your attempt to uh fit in the radical teenage mutant Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles here mm-hmm. especially <laughs> as someone especially as someone who spent a ton of time and money on the plastic figures as a child. Which one was your favorite, Rob? Uh, I mean, it, it really did switch, but strangely, it was it was often Leonardo or Donatello. It, I was nice. never a big fan of Mikey. I was never mm. a big fan of Raph. Like, yeah, me neither. Like Raph especially is like, man, you're just a fucking dumbass, man. You're just getting in <laughs> trouble all the time. Like, and now this is where Courtney tells me that Raph is her favorite. Go ahead, Courtney. <laughs> no, I actually I feel like some sort of heretic for this, but I like barely remember their personalities at all. So whenever anybody's like, Oh, what's your favorite? It's like, I don't fucking, I don't even know. Cause I, I like, I know I watched the cartoon a little bit as a kid. I just do not remember them and their personalities at all. whatsoever. It wasn't just the cartoon for me. It mm. was also the live action movies, which uh, I was a huge yeah, fan of, yeah. you know? So like, I like April. That was a figurine. I w- I'm most prized. Of course you liked April, <laughs> Daniel. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, here, here's the split of 90s children, right? You either had your sexual awakening with April O'Neil. I was not sexually or, attracted to April O'Neil. Or, She's, like, hardly even attractive. Or Merva Minx from She's, the Animaniacs. You had, it was one or the other. And it sounds like she Daniel has, like, came down for the No April sex O'Neil. appeal whatsoever. It's kind of like, um. You so cannot example, tell me you didn't look at that banana yellow jumpsuit. And you're no. like, hell yeah, I want to see what's under that. Like, for example, there's another there's a lot of um, almost like female adventurers that I liked, like um, Carmen Sandiego was one. Oh, yeah. Carmen yeah. Sandiego or, was great. Yes, um, that's in fair. Gargoyles, the cop. Um, I thought she was really oh, cool. Yeah. I, see, I thought you were going to go uh, Monster Girl and you were. Gonna oh, I mean, I love Demona. But, yeah, exactly. but I mean, like the cop, I liked her because they were these they were these characters who were kind of like almost like. Yeah, I don't want to say Tomb Raider because Tomb Raider is just kind of blah. But I mean, the the, the, team, the new Tomb Raider is kind of cool. But in that same vibe, you know, like they're getting shit done. Mm. I was kind of into that. But not, it wasn't a sex. So you like, you like strong, powerful women. <laughs> I mean. In, in very I, brightly colored uh, outfits. Yeah, but that sounds shitty. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this was the 90s. And it's like, I don't really remember anything that April O'Neil accomplished in the show. It probably was just some. Uh, bumbling damsel for all I remember but uh, but for some reason I like them like Shira was another one I don't know uh the new Shira series gets a lot of flack but I really enjoyed it I thought it was a lot of fun I need to see that 
it's you know, Daniel, I feel like you'll hate it. Uh, but there's also a good chance that nostalgia wins out for you. So I, I'd, I'd recommend it. I, I, I want to see where you go with it. I just I don't want to reduce it to they were strong females because I'm like, I feel like that's such a cheap way for me to say it. So I'm not going to say that. I don't know what it is. But well, I, I just said it for you. So <laughs> yeah, I was you can say, say it. Yeah. We can say it without me getting in trouble. So that's fine. <laughs> so, Courtney, what was your sexual experience like in the in the oh 90s growing up in the car in the cartoon era? Um, so moving on, uh, my next tenant. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that you picked nice. up on that. Yep. Yeah. Continue yeah. on. Um, my my next tenet is that cloning is necessary for the continuation of the species for the time being. Oh, interesting. That mm. that really implies like some kind of mutagenic state or mm-hmm. like some kind of like the this species, this new species of humanity is like physically incapable of breeding anymore or something like that, which is yeah. mm-hmm. kind of dire. Yeah, like it, it could go in the children of men direction where everybody's infertile, but mm-hmm. I think that we could also do like a more, not necessarily upbeat, but a more um, creative sci-fi interpretation of that. I mean, it could be that they they are a different species that can't breed. Like, you know, you mm. have like a, what is the the type of animals that are, if you breed two of them together, oh, the, yeah, the offspring yeah. can't breed. Right. Yeah, like um, like a liger for example, right? right? Or mules, I think, or I yeah, mules, the ones? yeah. Yeah. Cause the mules are mixes between horses and donkeys, right? Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe a way that we can kind of take this and make it a little bit brighter and a little bit more optimistic is kind of consider this idea that when you decide to create a life, maybe you have more of an option to like kind of mold that, future offspring in, in, in like really choose what kind of virtues you wish to instill upon it, you know? Mm. So it's like a design your child type of genetic creation. Uh, maybe like I want it to be less Gattaca, yeah, you know, yeah. and more like you get to, you get to like really shape the future of, you know, your species by offering it, you know, like I wish to instill these ideals within it. And so like, Maybe it's this kind of thing where the offspring comes out and it's already like mostly formed as like a a, a being, you know, like where yeah. it's almost an adult already, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. could you flip it? Could we flip the scenario? So we said the old generation is mu- mutated or whatever. What if we flipped it where it's the new generation of the mutants and that's why they can't breathe that they clone themselves? Well, no, the, I, I didn't assume that the old generation were mutants i mm-hmm. i assume that the new generation were mutants oh yeah that's what i was oh okay great yeah. well then yeah. we're all on the same page yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay but great. if they're mutants that would make sense that's why they exactly can. yeah 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 that, that's what they we were, were created saying. yeah all right uh daniel did you give us your second tenant yet uh, i know Okay, excellent. Hit us with that second tenet. Let's see where we're going with this. It's very simple. So some members of the new generation seek out um, the old um, for evidence of the event occurring um, or to solve some mm. present problem. That's mm. interesting. That Especially because uh, with my tenet, that makes it a lot harder for them to recognize the old generation, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where where they literally can't recognize their ancestors or they can't perceive their ancestors anymore. Like right. that makes it so like these these quests that, you know, Daniel is suggesting are 
perhaps more mundane than they perceive them to be, you know? I mean, they could also be like conspiracy theorists that nobody believes because <laughs> people don't even recognize if they can't recognize the previous generation, maybe they don't believe mm-hmm. it even exists, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing as well to kind of take it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe is it that the previous generation just looks so different or is it that they are no longer in their their previous state at all? Like they've become, I don't know, beings in vats of goo or their AI essentially now Mm -hmm. their consciousnesses have been like uploaded to something. That's an interesting kind of perception as well. Uh, I, I, you know, in my, in my mind, I had childhood's end at the, the kind of forefront of my brain while I was thinking about this and spoilers for a like 50 or wait, 50. Yeah. 50 plus year old book, but uh, essentially humanity ascends to another state of being where they are essentially a collective energy hive mind, you know, like at the end of that book. So it's like, yeah, the humans of old still exist and they can perceive their children as like, oh, wow, they've clearly ascended past the need for like flesh and humanity and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I had in mind while I was thinking about this, but I really am just more interested in this idea that like, you know, you might be looking at a direct offspring and not recognize them in any way or something like that, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. like, there's no way that I can come from that and you can come from that, you know, like that kind of way that I'm kind of approaching it. I mean, if, if we're looking for solar punk in this, um, I almost want to get away from a virtual reality. So what if, for example, the previous generation, um, in the sense of ascendance, they became plant life and Ooh. the present generation has grown like in some way from the earth or maybe from some kind of technology that isn't recognizable as part of the earth. And that's why they don't recognize each other. I love that. That's mm. awesome. How do we, how do we make that real? And like, even I want to crank that level of dissonance up even more if we can. You know, like, like they're I, literally plant life. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, no. That's yeah. well. Are, are, are you suggesting that one generation is like tech and the other is plant life, or where are we kind of thinking with that? In my mind, the visual is there's this landscape. Maybe it's somewhat high tech, but it's full of like plant life. So there's some lushness to this landscape. Right. But the people, the current people who are calling mutants or clones, like they might live in a semi technological environment and maybe like their cloning vats are in some way tapping into the earth, but they don't realize that what the connection is like, maybe they're relying on some energy or resource that actually is, is sourced from the earth and really from the previous generation. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing like full on, like, the the new generation is literally like plucking offspring from trees that are mm-hmm. the old generation in mm-hmm. a new like format. Yeah. Like they're seeds almost. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. also I, I also can't help but think of the imagery and the symbolism of roots, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like there is something like when Daniel says that this new generation is tapping into the old generation. I'm almost thinking that they're literally using a root system in order to power their modern way of living or way of being of, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or it's a literal family tree. Yeah. Well, yeah so, something like that mm-hmm. could potentially work as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but I also have this 
image in mind where, you know, you see this, either it's mechanical or, or it's a plant and then you follow the root system further down and down. And then you see it transition over to like fiber optics cables or like literal roots and vice versa. So there's like a literal blend of tech and like plant life as well. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what do you think of that? No, I think that that's great. Like, I think um, it solves a number of issues because one of them is trying to recognize the other people as being part of you. I think mm -hmm. the only question is they shouldn't truly understand how the either they should, there shouldn't be a clear connection between this root network and their technology. So like, while I like the visual of like plucking a person off of a tree, maybe it's like, it is literally that, but their technology somehow has cloaked that, that fact. You know, like they've forgotten that that's how it actually does it. Like I'm picturing, like if you think of like, I don't know, you're in some cloning facility, right? And you got a bunch of tubes or orbs or whatever, and maybe they're growing off of a metal lattice and it's kind of fleshy, but it's, it's surrounded by technology and metal stuff, but they don't understand or remember that the way, the way that this is growing is actually because it's attached to something underground, maybe that is mm -hmm. part of the root system only to keep your, your tenant intact. If they knew that there's a direct connection to the root system, be easier to figure out that they're related so we've got to hide that to some degree right um, but yeah. overall yeah i think it's the thing is right i guess okay. that's why i was picturing as like literal trees not even like in a laboratory setting but like literal like an orchard of of mm -hmm. beings that you take down oh so so, so it would they've, be oh, they've like, always done it that way you mean yeah okay. i do i do find that imagery quite appealing as well like you're literally plucking fruit off of a tree mm -hmm. and then it grows into a human or something like that mm -hmm. or or this new species rather you know we could i mean we could do that that would yeah. we could, maybe their society doesn't have like technology as we understand it and it's always been biological yeah um exactly. so they just view yeah. the trees as trees you know mm -hmm. interesting maybe not interesting. as sentient that's why they don't think of them as themselves yeah, like they don't connect them to whatever came before because there's such a major disconnect between that previous generation. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Um, I'm I'm just gonna toss my tenant out there now because there's no good segue here. <laughs> um, uh, but it does it you know based on what we're kind of creating here, it does kind of it brings some interesting questions to four, which is. This the, in my, my tenant, let's get out of the way. This society is now beyond war. Conflict occurs in different, though perhaps no less violent ways. I like that. I had actually had like a one that I decided not to do that. That was um, mm -hmm. that competition takes place not through traditional combat, but through performances like dance battles. So sure. Yeah. I, mean, I guess we're yeah. going on the same wavelength there. War is sports is a, is a twist on our list for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, they've like transitioned to like a more peaceful, less violent, potentially mm -hmm. way to solve their problems. Potentially, right. Like potentially, I still yeah. I still tossed it in there that like violence is still in there. But like yeah. I I'm mostly just trying to avoid like gunfights and space mm -hmm. lasers and stuff that I, I I find to be like a little tired right now, you know. So I, I'm more interested in the conflict really arising from something that is perhaps less directly physical mm -hmm. um now one thing i recognize that we that we need to go back to and we have not touched on at all yet normally we do this during the recap but like i want to i want to go back to it now 
Courtney's first tenant was the like the water or, or like the oceans and, and the mm-hmm. whatever the fuck mm-hmm. plays a major part. And I feel like if we're going like plant life and everything like that, then we need to really take that into account as well. Whether these be like birthing oceans or something like that, maybe that's yeah. how we kind of approach it. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that we bring attention and focus back to that concept. And then I have a million other questions that I want to <laughs> ask, but like, let's start there and maybe we can kind of like figure it out a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was picturing potentially with like the whole plucking the fruit of life, like maybe that is that comes from underwater or it's like some sort of seaweed vegetation type stuff mm-hmm. that you need to go down into the water to get. Or it could also just be that these beings are now more aquatic in form. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do love the idea of like a kelp bed mm-hmm. and you're like pulling life from these like kelp beds or something like that. That to me is like evocative and strange and kind of interesting. Yeah. You should watch uh, You should watch the Watchmen TV show, by the way, if you haven't yet. It's uh, very good. And there's something kind of like that. Interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta watch it now. That you said you, you explained to me, I didn't realize that the Watchmen show is actually a sequel to Watchmen. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" That changes everything. That was an adaptation. So when I watched like two episodes, I'm like, "Okay, whatever." But I wasn't super <laughs> into it. But now, when you told yeah. me that, I'm like, "That changes everything." No, it's it's really good. Have you read the original Watchmen, Daniel? Yes. Okay, that's why I like to know that it's a sequel. I'm like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. what they do with that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they do a really good job with it so far. <laughs> I'm almost done, but. Yeah. Uh, as long as we're just tossing out recommendations, y'all should really watch Severance, by the way. Um, I'm like two thirds of the way through the season, and it's a fun kind of portrait about this sci fi. So it, it seems like someone with budget took one of our settings and like really ran with it and like <laughs> gave it legs. So, you know, like just want to toss that out there. Go watch Severance, it's very good. Uh, the only problem that it is on like Apple TV Plus, which is kind mm. of like a, it's an annoying thing to acquire. But I'm sure that there's other ways that people can acquire this TV series. But, you know, hypothetically, yeah, I mean, I would never (laughs) advocate for anything that's extra legal, but it is very interesting and worth your time to watch it. I'll, I'll put it that way. Anyway, let's get back to these weird kelp bed creature things, shall we? Mm-hmm. I like the um, notion that they're these seeds are born from the water in some way. Yeah. Um, because if they if the current civilization lives um, on above water or on dry land, um, it could suggest that there's something that happened that either forced um, the previous generation to to grow underwater. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the evolution of life, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of water, right? Like that was the yeah. trajectory in our real world. Um, but I could see us going back if yeah. the environment forced us to. So that could be related to what's happening. Although we we do establish that it's not an apocalypse that forced them yeah. to go into the water. I was right. gonna, yeah, I was wondering like how that how that played a role. Maybe it's like it wasn't so much an apocalypse was occurring, but that they realized that like the best way to to move forward was to mm-hmm. return to the ocean. Like climate change kind of it's not that there was yeah. a, we already created this problem and that's how we survived it is possibly evolving our way back into the ocean, which is crazy. Something that, like that, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of um once again the show that I've been advocating <laughs> for that I'm very is sad it now that it's canceled. Is it, yes. is it raised by one? That one. <laughs> okay. Um gotcha. that's 
a large part of the premise. Um, and I think, you know what could work, Daniel, you just earned yourself a square on the bingo card. Exactly. Mark yeah. it off I'll on the bingo stop. card. Y'all's not until they fucking finish that series, which they never will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Daniel, when you say climate change, you're talking about the thing that doesn't exist and it's a big conspiracy, right? Like that's <laughs> well, the of thing course. that we're talking about. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just things, you know, things were warm in the past. I don't know what the big deal exactly. is. Exactly. I mean, we're going to have a little ice age again fairly oh soon. Oh, my anyway. God. Like, stop whining. 90 degrees. Come on. <laughs> right? Like, shouldn't Come on. worry about things getting cold. That's not how it works. Yeah. It still snows in the wintertime, you fucks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. All right. So, Okay. I like the idea that humanity, because I mean, at this point, right, the the whole kind of conceit is humanity recognizes that it has the power to create its next evolutionary step mm-hmm. and then says, all right, how can we do that? And then this is what they come up with, which are these like kelp creatures or or maybe I'm off base here, but I like I want to stick with the idea that Daniel suggested earlier where they are literal plants, right, that they're like plant like sent now when you say they're literal plants daniel i'm assuming you mean sentient plants as well correct um they might be sentient but i don't think it should be in any way obvious like perhaps they're sentient in the way that perhaps a star could be sentient like their awareness is is so different than ours that we wouldn't Mm. think of them as sentient like we don't Mm. know plants could be sentient they don't have the biology for that to be possible as far as we know we don't understand sentience so maybe that's the situation for them Mm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting research about like plant intelligence and plant like community that's going on right now. I'm not getting it into that. But I I mean, when you're Daniel, I, I just want to make clear here. You Are you suggesting that the old generation are semi or perhaps not semi sentient plants or the new generation are plants? The old because generation. I feel like if the OK, I was going to say if the new generation are plants, that makes no. the conflict in like storytelling very <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, what I'm picturing okay. is like, you know, the ocean's full of this plant life that, that's mm. creating these seeds. And then okay. people are born from that. But we said that cloning is involved. So I don't right. know if mm-hmm. either is the cloning the mechanism what's what's happening with these seeds, or is it that they some people are born and then they clone themselves? Like, how does that mm. work? Yeah, I hmm. I'm leaning towards that whatever's being like output from these seeds is essentially clone based life. Um, whether that's clones of a single being, or if there was some, some kind of experimental thing done where like all of humanity was sort of, or the desired traits of humanity were pulled into some sort of organism that this is pulling from. Okay. Uh, I'm, I want to shelf that idea, Courtney, because I, I have an idea and I, you know how I am. If I don't say it now, I'm just going to forget it. Um, I'm thinking about Daniel's non-apocalypse tenant. Uh, and I'm thinking about this plant life that we have as the old generation. So the old generation chose to turn themselves into plant life because they knew it was the best way forward mm-hmm. and created new life with this new generation. And, you know, maybe to this new generation, they look back and it's this apocalypse where all the old generation are gone and they don't know what happened to them. And it's like this, this massive apocalypse that happens in reality, it is the most heroic thing that humanity could have done, which is to Mm -hmm. offer themselves to, to become this new kind of like plant life. 
and then offer the new generation life. They're like, look, we, we recognize this is the only way, this is the only way forward. Everything is super fucked. This is the most heroic thing that we can do. And obviously there's going to be people who like, don't go through with it. But for the, I'm going to say the majority of humanity is like, cool, we're going to turn ourselves into these weird tree or plant things. How does that square? I think that's the summary of it for sure. Okay. Yeah. But, right. But, but that works for what we're going with here with your non-apocalypse, right? Like the apocalypse, the non-apocalypse that we're talking about, that we're focusing on is humanity's sacrifice, so to speak, by turning themselves into plant life. Yeah. They've, they've been transformed. Like I, we can even leave it uncertain as to why they did that. Our mm-hmm. assumption sure. is climate change, but it could be, um, or I should say global warming. Sure. Um, since climate change is a propagandist term. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> is so, it? Uh, I, actually, yes. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, climate change does... was promoted by the right in order to hide the fact that it's global warming. Yeah, it downplays um, the uh, effects. Mm-hmm. See, I thought um, it was anyway. just a more science neutral set air term for it. But no, okay. it was, it was, right, let, it was a, anyway, it was a tactic. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> but my, my point is that, like, yeah, I, th- I think if we don't have to really answer the question of why, because mm-hmm. it, it may have happened like a million mm-hmm. years ago for all we know. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, well, my, my tenant directly suggests that this was a ch- recent change. I oh, right. So that recent. Yeah. Okay. I yes. guess it could just be like a very rapid uh, process, like whatever mm-hmm. they right. developed in the past, they were able to push it through in literally like one generation or so. Oh, I mean, okay. the, that would make the, sense. Yeah. The other interesting aspect about that is that it means that there are there could potentially be some selfish ass humans out there that are yeah. like, I never went through with the procedure and I don't, re-, you know, like, but they're like ancient and now they're old people and they're, you know, regretting their decisions of not being a hero and stuff like that. Or maybe they're just completely selfish dicks. You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, li- like that there is at least there. Uh, so, so before I get into the wrap ups, I do have some questions. Number one, what's the main conflict that we've got going on here? Cause one of Daniel's tenets is that the new generation seeks out the wisdom of the old generation. And, and I don't know what that looks like or how that looks like or whatever, but I'm curious as to see what is the conflict that would spur that kind of knowledge seeking, because there has to be something that would push someone to go and seek out the old wisdom, right? Could it be the status quo is the problem? Um, so it seems like o- almost everyone's a clone, right? So we didn't really iron out. Courtney, you talked a little bit about that, but it seems like mm-hmm. for the vast majority of people are clones. Perhaps um, one of them has discovered something about their own biology that suggests that they, are, that they aren't supposed to be like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the conflict, uncovering that truth. Yeah, so yeah, going back to the idea of like if much of humanity had sort of become this amalgamation of plant matter that is then like giving life to these seed pods that grow up. What if maybe memories of some sort are contained in those or, um, or if you can do like sort of selective breeding, if you will, of these clone pods, if you like, um, what's the gardening term? Prune. Yeah. Essentially if you like prune certain traits off of them, and yeah and splice together other things like you can Mm -hmm. maybe even start to replicate more closely what life used to be like oh i see i mean that's that's i guess that's what i was suggesting earlier yeah Yeah. exactly where like you have a more direct way of creating the next generation yeah so Mm -hmm. i I don't think like clone has to be like literally taking like right 
okay. human A becomes like seed A. It could be like I see. Okay. sort of taking traits from them. And also the fact that like maybe that's the only way that the new life can exist is by mm. coming from this plant life. It, they like can't reproduce on their own for the time being. It's not a biological reproduction as in like you can impregnate someone. It's like you kind of got a jizz on a tree branch and then it becomes a human or becomes a genetic engineering is what's happening. Right. These are not clones. They're just they're they're clones in the sense that there's a a certain set of variety that they're Mm -hmm. all made from. Right. Right. And that must be what the trees produce. Mm hmm. Oh, so so the trees are like a genetic soup or a genetic mixture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again. Going back to that root imagery, like, yeah, like a literal family tree. It absolutely works. Wait. Okay. Going back to your first thought about um, children of men, it's the same. You could could borrow from that. Like they are all infertile. Maybe there's a birth and the birth is, is the, is the conflict because it shouldn't be possible. And it suggests something new. Uh, Oh, interesting. Well, that is, that is a very interesting That is really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like an immaculate conception. Like they probably don't even have sex. That's not a concept maybe for the species. I don't know. And perhaps like one of them gets pregnant somehow. Yeah. You know. Very cool. And yeah, it's like almost a reverse children of men because in that situation, Mm -hmm. it's like people are desperate to like know why they can't have children. And when there Mm -hmm. is a new child, it's like this absolute miracle. But then Mm -hmm. in this situation, it's like, wait what just happened like this isn't this, supposed to happen yeah. what what's going this on? shouldn't be yeah. right right and, and you oh. said rob like the conflict isn't violence or war but it could be a fear of breaking the status quo like they wouldn't want mm-hmm. that to be a widely known fact you know right and maybe that's why they're seeking out the knowledge of the past because they want to mm-hmm. make sure they don't repeat mistakes or they want to figure out like why this is happening and like is this right is this going to destroy everything yeah are you suggesting courtney that the main conflict is between historians because mm-hmm. i you know you know me and my big his- history boner like i'm totally down with something like that yeah that could be interesting definitely hmm. yeah it's like it's a it's a it, the conflict is let's see what are the different conflicts person setting um self and then against another, what what, what are ones? Are, it's 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 one of those. It's one of the the, the less used ones. Mm. Yeah. Again, not not we're not dipping into postmodernism here, but you know, I just want to acknowledge that it's there and it's viable. But you know, just, just, just looking at this there. list here, um, I mean, kind of like society itself, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, I, I imagine there's in that within the groups there, like they're not all saints. They may be post-war and they may be like more utopic, but I'm sure like a threat to the whole society can be a danger and that historical knowledge might be dangerous. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. You're literally talking about pruning again, You're, uh-huh. but on a societal, mm. on a cultural, on an idea level. Mm-hmm. Where you have to prune ideas from society because they are dangerous to the whole. Yes. As, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I, I love I love the consistent imagery that we have here. Um, I love this idea that like life comes from the oceans and then all of a sudden it doesn't, you know, and then that causes everyone to freak out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's oh, I like very, that very subtitle. Cool. That's yeah. a movie subtitle right there. Yeah. Uh, what life comes from the oceans until it, then doesn't? it doesn't. Yes. Uh, no, that's on a, that's on a, like a, an 
a 90s sci-fi jacket. That's what it is, <laughs> you know, like with one of the I, I just want to take a brief aside here. Um, new sci-fi and fantasy and horror covers all fucking suck. It's all like bespoke, like, oh, font and like four colors. And it's like, motherfucker, I want to go back to where I see a monster Hulk. on the cover yeah. Fully mm-hmm. in illustrated, like badass, like really cool looking. I wish like, there was oh, a look, new renaissance of that. It would be great I really to have want a pulp that renaissance. Back. Yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like do. I'm a pulp writer and I want to do that and nobody will publish that. You know? <laughs> no one would publish it, Dan. No one fucking that's wants the, pulp. That's and the I want it. Thing. You know? I know I want it too. Yeah. Like, it the could old, be like, like semi-woke pulp. You can do that. You know, oh, if you absolutely. really want it. It's yeah. Terrible. Yeah, like. Oh, well, in this one, it's, you know, it's like a, a BIPOC lady who's a killer. Yeah, and it's like, go. just have that instead, like with the severed Simple. head holding it. Just, Whatever. Just stick it in there. It'll be fine. I just want cool art back. I don't fucking care about anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, damn it. Instead of like, oh, look at these uh, four colors and one mm-hmm. font. And it's like, oh, it's, oh, yeah. Graphic our design's elegant cool. font face and our yeah, white tech, like, our white yeah. background color. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Graphic design. I know Courtney does it. It's mm-hmm. cool. It's exactly. a cool thing. But Give me something I slutty. also that's what I'm I saying. Just I want, want a slutty book like, cover. Oh, slutty. It doesn't have to be like slutty in the sense of like specifically women, but just like something slutty. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it's like sense. it's showing off a bit. Like it's yeah, yeah. Oh. It's not all like buttoned that's up and. Like, exactly. I don't think look at our airbrush. Slutty, Daniel. No, that's, that's the word we're going to use now. That's I the think word you I want. Overt? Or, no, or I want per- slutty. Like, slutty has the right <laughs> amount of like letting it hang out, and there's a little bit too much being shown, and you know, uh-huh. it's just not, you know, that's what I'm working for. That's the word I want. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So you want to see like a testicle falling out of like yeah, the, the, just the shorts of some horror victim, right? like a single like man, yeah. a single yeah. testicle. No, 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 not even like a whole te- like like the quarter, like just like the the, right. the outline of one poking out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, picking a shitty font that's just too big. You know, and the, the author's name is <laughs> okay, like three okay. quarters of the page. That's where I'll fight you. I still think we should have good font. I still I mean, think shitty, that we should have cool like, and good font. The silly ones, they're like they're, they're like a graphic unto themselves. That's this kind of like, like more decorative, like, like display yes. font. Okay. Kind of yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I thought you were about to say, like, I want fucking wingdings as my oh, font. Oh, no. That's like, not a font. That's an atrocity. You know? I, know. Well, that's, no, I know. That does have a use. They're glyphs within the font that you can I use for different things. Oh, God, Courtney. Nice. Or Comic Sans, I mean. That would be an atrocity. No. Papyrus. You get the fucking fuck papyrus. Well, fucking Avatar. Avatar fucking used papyrus already. God damn them. Oh. oh boy, oh we're getting real God. far away from this one. It's an atrocity. Okay, we need to we need to yep. we need to bring anyway, it back. Anyway, we need yes. to bring it back. Let's bang through and do the recap real quick. <laughs> yes. Uh number one, Courtney, you started us off. What was your first tenet? Uh underwater environments play a key role in the setting, which I think we've definitely got with the uh kelp tree clone thing going on now. Can't agree. Uh, life comes from the ocean until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Daniel, what was your first tenant? Um, it wasn't an apocalypse, which we've covered, I think. Uh, I think that, yeah, that I, I feel like we've nailed that with the whole like human generation turning themselves mm-hmm. into plants. Like, yeah, that yes. seems kind of horrific, but it's also a completely heroic act. Childhood's yeah. end kind of transformation, which is. Fine. Yes, yes, sure. Uh, my first tenet was the new generation has changed so much that they, well, I mean, that's pretty obvious. So you're like, yeah, they're literal fucking trees. And then these mutant <laughs> things are not trees. They're like mm-hmm. 
No different. You know, yeah. we actually really haven't nailed down what these new generations are necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Maybe the like, twists will help us with that. That's oh, yeah. a great. Mm-hmm fucking they're Wait, robots court yeah maybe they're yeah or dinosaurs they're dinosaurs yeah <laughs> oh, oh we could oh we could have teenage mutant ninja turtles it could still happen oh, it could God. still happen okay hold, hold on hold here. on hold on <laughs> all right uh uh courtney what was your second tenet uh cloning is necessary for the species for the time being yeah uh comes from the ocean absolutely mm-hmm. works for me 100 yeah. mm-hmm. daniel what was your second tenet um, there's some members seeking out the old generation. Um, and I think that will come into more play when we figure out like factions and plots. Yeah. And yeah. I think that we also kind of, uh, you know, buttressed that idea with this, the, with the conflict, with the main conflict mm-hmm. being the birth and like, mm-hmm. you know, historians kind of seeking out the old ways. I think that yeah. works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of. Uh, this is more something that I think we can sprinkle. It, it's like it's like a it's, it's like a mayonnaise. It's like it's going to get spread throughout the entire sandwich, right? Which is my second tenet: the society is now beyond war. Conflict occurs in a different, though perhaps no less violent way. I feel yeah. like that's been spread throughout. Like there's no overt conflict that is violent. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. Um, I think it's a good tenet, especially for this theme. Right. I mean, uh, it it said a little grimdark, so maybe there is a little war, you know, but mm-hmm. maybe not. Probably not. All right. We've gone through the the tenets. We've got the recap. We're on the twist. So we're going to roll the twist and we're going to come back next week and try and reconcile it. So our twist for next week is. When a gift becomes a curse. When a gift becomes a curse, mm. nice. no idea how we're going to square that. That's what next week is for. Uh, a big thank you to our longtime patron, Commissar Whiskers. Thank you so much for this prompt. We're very interested and excited to continue on with it next week. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build, where you can follow all of our updates and some shit posts every now and then, whatever. If you're really interested in talking about some cool world building settings or have questions or suggestions like Ian did at the top of the episode about our settings, you can go to our Discord with a link for that in the description of the episode. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous or just want access to those sweet, sweet patron-only episodes, you can go to our Patreon and give us money. Give us all the money that you can possibly afford or not afford, but actually don't give us money if you can't afford it. That's what this whole thing is about. That's going to do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. 